0: Welcome to the Brisbane Property Podcast with your hosts, Melinda and Scott Jennison from Streamline Property Buyers, your local Brisbane property specialists.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Brisbane Property Podcast. Uh, Melinda and I just recording this one um, for some easy listening on the um, public holiday that's been declared in uh, September this year for people to have a listen to um, some questions that we've been sending. in.
0: Yes, and we all know um, the reason for this public holiday is the passing of the Queen and um, we are releasing this edition uh, with a Q&A just to answer some questions that our listeners have asked us in the, the last few months, to be honest, we've been accumulating these questions because a lot of them are quite topical and they do address issues that um, are relevant to our wider audience. So we do have enough questions now to create this whole episode and we do hope that you enjoy um, you know, learning from a lot of the questions that we often get asked.
1: And I guess I haven't for a while now, whilst everyone's sitting at home relaxing on this or whatever they're doing on this public holiday... Um, I hope everyone's enjoying the weather because I haven't done a weather update for quite a while. Um, and just as a little teaser, if you're not in Brisbane, um, beautiful weather at the moment. The nights are a bit cooler down to about that sort of 14, 15 and the days are sitting around that 27 mark, blue skies. So haven't <laughs> done out. that for a while. So that's just a little teaser for people.
0: Get out your shorts and T-shirts. Summer is
1: back. So um, it's great that people have been sending in some questions. We've, we've also been asked some um, on the phone as well. So with a lot of interest at the moment and and still... Um, a lot of interest in the Brisbane market, um, it's always nice that people will send in questions and ask things for us to uh, to help out and, and um, help them understand what, what's happening as well. So the first one um, we've got from Katie in Holland Park is, the question is, have the Brisbane City Council updated their flood maps since the recent flood event in February 22?
0: Yes, it's a good question, Katie. So for those of you not living in Brisbane, Holland Park is a Brisbane suburb. So this is a local Brisbane resident that's asked this question. Um, In actual fact, the flood awareness maps on the Brisbane City Council website have now been updated. Um, This information was updated in September 2022. Um, and it does now reflect the historical flood event of the 2022 flood in February. Now, for those that know and understand how to do the more detailed floodwise property reports, and if you're not sure how to find those, you can look up on our website via our blog. Um, It provides the details on how to actually run a full floodwise property report. If you run that report, it will not only tell you any previously recorded flood level on that site either from the February 22, 2022 flood, the 1974 flood or the um, flood back in 2011 but it will also tell you the lowest level on that site as well as the highest level of on that site of the land and the minimum habitable floor level. So this information is really, really useful information but um, in answer to your question Katie, yes those flood awareness maps have now been updated. So if your property has not previously been in a flood map area, and now is it might be worth a look.
1: Now, those that do know what they're talking about, there's a few different types of flooding as well. Um, I don't think it's all they've all been completely so that the river and creek information has been updated, but I believe the overland flow has not.
0: Look, overland flow is not something that um, Council provides accurate records on in terms of depth and velocity. Overland flow happens when there's a very quick flood event. And we do know back in February this year that was um, a lot of flooding was caused by overland flow. And typically overland flow paths um, need to be modelled by hydraulic engineers. So you won't get... Um, accurate detailed information on council websites in relation to overland flow but certainly in relation to river flooding and creek flooding that information has all now been updated.
1: Yeah there's still a lot of work happening on that flood side of things. Um, I was talking to someone the other day um, and there's still a lot of assessments happening with insurance buybacks all those sort of things so there's still unfortunately there's still a lot of people um, that are actually not being able to live in their home or have done any work. And we've also seen a lot of properties that have actually been lifted in height um, and they're building in, well, not building in under, but lifting them up to get them away from the flood as well. So
0: It's really interesting, actually, because, you know, in the same street, you can see that maybe two or three of the properties have been lifted up. And in Queensland, remember, with tin and timber homes, that's not actually unusual. You can lift them because they are built on um, stilts. Is that what they're called, yep. Scott? <laughs> um, so you can lift them um, and re-concrete new posts into the ground so they're sitting at a higher level. But alongside some properties that have been lifted, you've also got other properties that have just been rebuilt at the same level. So they're obviously going to um, not be flood immune in any future flood events. So that's just interesting that some people have chosen not to not to lift and create that flood immunity. But um, I guess it comes down to whether they were insured and, and the level of insurance that they do have. So... Um, And the risk they want to take. And the risk they want to have, but it's always a good idea to have a look at those updated flood maps so that you can now see whether the events of February this year impacted a property before you buy.
1: So next question, um, this comes from Melbourne, Chris in Melbourne. Um, I've been told to check land value when purchasing in Brisbane. Is the unimproved um, land value the same as the market land value?
0: This is a great question, Chris. Now, let me just explain the main difference between the two. An unimproved land value is an amount that the government values a vacant block of land um, as, and it excludes any improvements on that site. So it's assuming that there's no house, no services on the site. Um, That is going to be different to the market land value, because the market land value is going to be subject to the... Pressure of supply and demand, so the availability of the land and the demand for that land. So that's what determines the market value. What you might find is that when you move to locations that are much further away from the CBD where there is an abundance of land, you might find that there is a greater correlation or a closer match between the unimproved land value and the market land value, because there's a lot of blocks that might be similar or the same, um, and there's lower demand because the, the supply is higher. However, as you move into the premium inner city locations where there's a huge scarcity of land, you can find that the premium someone will pay for a vacant block um, is much, much higher than what that unimproved land value might be. In fact, we've done some in-house analysis ourselves on vacant blocks of land within that four to five kilometre inner ring of Brisbane. Um, Very, very rare to find vacant land in those locations because there are a lot of character protected Queenslander homes which cannot be demolished. So when you do find it, the scarcity drives the value. And we've seen an uplift based on our data collection of up to 48% um, market value um, when we compare the market value to the unimproved land value. So market value 48% higher on average compared to the unimproved land value. So it's very property specific, Chris. It's also very location specific, but it's a really good question to ask. The unimproved land value is always a great starting point, but understanding how the market demand can influence the value of a particular uh, site is also really important um, if you are looking at vacant land in Brisbane.
1: Excellent. So the next one, um, we have a question here. A property I've been looking at um, sold in mid-2021 for $300,000 less than the asking price in June 2022. Has the market really moved that much? That's from Raj in Brisbane.
0: Yeah, it's, um, it's pretty heartbreaking when you might be looking at a property that's available for sale at the moment in Brisbane, um, which may have only sold 12 to 18 months ago. Um, the fact is that the median value in Brisbane during the peak rate of growth um, saw house prices shift 32% over 12 months. Now, we're past that peak rate of growth now. So when we look at um, June 2022 compared to um, June 2021, we certainly were looking at between 28 and 30% price growth for a house in that market. So if there was a $300,000 um, premium being requested. I'm assuming that the property value, Raj, may have been around that $1 million mark because that would indicate approximately a 30% uplift in value. So that's not uncommon. But what I will say is that not all locations in Brisbane shifted at the same rate. So it's really important that you have the local knowledge to understand which markets shifted uh, more strongly than others, um, which markets slowed down in that price growth sooner than others and that will help you to put a price or put a value on um, the market value today compared to what it might have been 12 months ago or or in this case more than 12 months ago.
1: I think this one's interesting because we obviously we keep all this um, data and this information in-house and we track different suburbs different areas within the suburbs and I know we always talk about markets within markets within markets um, but understanding what has happened in that little local area. I remember we went to an auction um, and we did a calculation just on what the market had moved and we thought it was going to sell for an amount, which it pretty much did. So it was right on the money and we walked away saying that's actually accurate to what the growth has actually happened in this little area uh, and in this market. Some people even ask us at the moment, um, and not on this question, but obviously this might help a little bit, um, Raj, on your question, but, you know, some people ask us why, why are people selling out if it's if they've only bought it 12 months ago or something like that? Why are they selling? Is there something wrong and people get worried about that? To be honest, some people are actually just cashing out. Yeah, You know, some people have bought in and, and it's a different situation for different people, um, but some people are actually just selling because they think they can... Walk away with some money and they've got something else they've planned in life and they, they want to cash out on it. So they've, they've had that ride, they've taken the opportunity, they've made some money on it and they want to go and invest somewhere else.
0: And I think also, you know, let's not forget that there's a lot of people that are looking at that opportunity, but circumstances um, might change for some people as well. Um, there's been a lot of fear and a lot of suggestion from the media that people, you know, might be selling because they can't afford to hold their properties. look We are not seeing evidence of that throughout Brisbane in the locations that we buy, nor do I expect that we will see evidence of that. Um, I feel the media are you know, picking out very random cases where people are suggesting they can no longer afford to pay their mortgage because we are in a rising interest rate environment. But from our perspective, and absolutely from the perspective of a lot of property buyers that we speak to on a regular basis, most of the fear is behind people. Um, the fear mongering has settled down, I guess, in the media and people are now adapting to the new normal in terms of the interest rate cycle. Um, and so there's, there's less concern from the market as a whole, certainly from the buyers who we represent that there's going to be, you know, issues with, with being able to afford to purchase a property. So um, that's just something to keep in mind as well.
1: So uh, the next question, it's always good to have um, some locals actually asking a few questions. So Matt, who is also another Brisbane um, uh, person, has um, written in here to say, um, my current property is now in a noise overlay from trains, but there never was previously. Have these been updated and changed?
0: Look, this is actually a great question because it's something that we noticed a couple of months ago when we were assessing um, for our clients Yes, all of the train noise overlays have been updated in the Brisbane City Council portals. And what that means is if you are assessing the noise impact on a property, if your property was not previously in a noise overlay, it may now be in that overlay. Now, any property that um, is exposed to Um, noise that is greater than 70 decibels um, when a train is passing will now be included in a train noise overlay. Now, we were a bit surprised by some of the um, dimensions on the overlays that the Brisbane City Council have put out uh, because properties that we would consider quiet properties and, in fact, our own home um, you know now sit in in a low noise overlay so we've done a little bit of further investigating ourselves Scott. yeah
1: and and when you say that about our place we've been there for uh, 21 years um and never really noticed anything and, and still don't to be honest but now we're in the noise overlay so um we actually use a tool now where you can actually measure the um the noise of the train um and it's actually uh, it's just measures the decibels tells you whether it's a quiet whether it's loud Um, So it does rank, it gives you the number and it also explains what it is as well. Um, We, for our clients, we actually use that, um, if there is a property that is to be considered, we'll actually use that tool to go out and actually measure it and physically measure it on on the ground whilst it's actually happening, um, different times of day, um, whether it's a peak hour, you can pick up traffic, you can pick up trains. um, But, you know, also understanding that whether it's near a station, not near a station, all those types of things you've really got to understand that because you know if a train's at a station it's actually going to be quite slow if it's mid mid rail for example between stations it's going to be moving faster so different noises will actually come across at different times and you really need to understand that and measure it and that's the only way you can do that is actually physically go there um, and measure that itself
0: and so, Matt, that might be the case that you might appear in a noise overlay now. Um, however, what we have found based off our own recordings um, is that the computer generate generated noise maps that the council put out are not always 100% accurate. So it is always best to measure yourself if you're relying purely on those mapping Tools that are available, then you might be eliminating properties that otherwise um, actually have no noise impact whatsoever. Um, So, our advice is always test and measure yourself to get a true indication of whether there is any noise. And to be honest, you don't need to use tools to measure whether a property has an impact from noise, you just go to the inspection and you listen. Um, And that's obviously the best way to. Uh, monitor that for our clients who may not have the opportunity to be there with us we use those tools so that we can show the actual noise impact using a decibel scale so it gives them the confidence that um, the information we're providing is accurate um, and the information on council portals is not always the most accurate information so um, it's great as a starting point to to get an indication as to whether further assessment is required but um, we always recommend a site inspection and um, you can make the assessment from there yourself.
1: So our next question actually comes from Dubai, um, which is great. Darren from Dubai. Um, We did a podcast a a little while ago from a a past client of ours, Sarah, in Dubai. So I'm not sure if they're connected or know each other. Maybe
0: Darren knows Sarah. (laughs) Obviously
1: Darren listens, so thank you very much. Um, Should I be concerned about the Brisbane market crashing in the months ahead because we're looking to buy in Brisbane in the next 12 months?
0: Mm, That's a really good question. Um, And I'm not sure what information... Um, outside of our podcast you have access to in Dubai in relation to um, the property market here in Brisbane. I know that when we have worked with other clients who are based overseas, a lot of the headline property news about Australia is not um, specifically relevant to to Brisbane. It's it's more relevant to the larger capital city markets of Sydney and Melbourne. Um, Should you be concerned about the Brisbane market crashing? I don't think so. I don't think that there's any indicators that we are seeing at all um, that we're going to see a property market crash in Brisbane whatsoever. In fact, I would argue that the last four to six weeks have actually seen a more positive um, turn in the Brisbane market. When we reflect back, we see that um, the worst month in terms of the volume of buyers on the ground and the fear from buyers that were out was probably July there was a slight improvement in August and the first three weekends in September have definitely been a lot more positive. Um, And that also reflects through in auction clearance rates, um, which were um, consistently low in July, slight improvement in August. And in September, we've now had three um, out of, sorry, two out of the three weeks where auction clearance rates are back up above 50%. Now, Brisbane's not typically an auction city. Long term clearance rates around 45% are considered um, a healthy Brisbane market. So anything um, above that is considered a slightly stronger market. And if you recall the last podcast that we recorded, um, as a market update with Eliza Owen from CoreLogic, she reported those long-term trends for Brisbane auctions. So that's what I'm referencing here when I I talk about the um, what is typical for Brisbane. Yeah,
1: look, I, I don't, Darren, I don't do the data. I do the a lot of the on the on the ground things. And as Melinda touched on, it's what we see out and about when we're out at, at opens um, during the week, weekends, uh, auctions, and things like that. We are seeing still multiple people um, bidding and actually bidding at an auction, not just said, look, registering, not bidding. Um, but the last month or six weeks or so, we've seen definitely numbers up, people bidding, people having a go, putting their hand up, um, properties going to multi offer still. Um, so properties that are you know, in the right location, um, there's, there's people wanting to buy them. So there's, that, there's still that high demand on properties. If we see that slowdown, then we'll let you know. But at the moment, we're definitely not seeing any slowdown on buyers out and about for good properties.
0: That's what I was just going to add. It's not the same across all properties. Of course, we're now in a market where quality properties are still in high demand, but um, other properties that might be flood impacted properties or they might be located on main roads um, or heavily impacted by noise. They're definitely out of flavour and they are trending with days on market um, getting longer, you know, every day for B and C grade properties. So A grade properties, quality properties, still very high demand, um, less desirable properties, definitely harder to sell um, and not as many buyers for those properties. Additionally, what I will say is that we have seen a shift in demand Um, most likely driven by affordability constraints as well. Uh, So we've definitely seen a shift towards um, more demand in the inner city townhouse and unit market. Um, And there's evidence that I've um, read that the demand for uh, houses in the outer ring is also relatively strong as well. Um, The demand for very high-end homes in Brisbane has dropped off slightly, Although I will say that um, quality properties are still selling. Um, there's just fewer buyers. So, you know, a little bit more control is, is put back into the buyer's hand as opposed to the seller having all of the control, which was the conditions that we were in back in most of 2021.
1: So hopefully, Darren, that helped. Um, if you're looking to buy back in here, don't listen to the media. No. Um, look, it's still positive. Everything does look positive. There's still buyers um, looking through that crystal ball. Um, I think it all looks um, very positive. So if you're looking back in Brisbane, um, don't hesitate. Um, the next one is um, if we're on radio, I think they'd call it a long-time listener, first-time caller. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this was from Aaron um, in Northern Territory, who is a listener of ours. Um, and I actually had a, had a, this one actually on a phone call that um, I spoke to Aaron and he asked this question. I thought I'd throw that one to you. Um, looking looking to buy, and the question was in relation to the land tax side of things, um, the changes to the land tax in Queensland, should I um, wait to see if people are going to sell um, due to the changes in the land tax?
0: Yeah, there's so much um, talk at the moment in the media about the legislative changes in relation to land tax here in Queensland. If you haven't seen it, I'm sure you've not actually been watching any um TV or or not reading any newspapers because this is everywhere. People are talking um, or calling the land tax a a renter's tax because the fear is that it's going to be passed straight on to renters and increase the cost of rent for those people that, um, you know, have no other option but to rent homes here in Brisbane and certainly throughout Queensland. So the question is, um, you know, will more people sell because of this legislative change? Um, at this stage, it's too early to tell. You know, there's definitely um, been a repeal put in to, you know, there's there's been so much lobbying to try and reverse this decision. And in fact, the Queensland government have now um, arranged a housing summit in October here in Queensland to discuss the issues with the housing market. Now, at this stage, it is legislated. Um, at this stage, the land tax changes will come into effect as of the 1st of July, 2023. If you don't know about the land tax changes, um, we have done a previous podcast on this um, information and we've also written a blog on our website. So feel free to um, fill yourself in on, on the details of the land tax proposal but ultimately it may cause some people to sell if there's no change as a result of the housing summit that's planned for October. Um, I'd certainly be holding off to to make any big decisions around whether to sell or not until um, the outcome of that summit is is heard and and released. Um, Then, you know, will there be enough of a volume of of people wanting to sell? I can't answer that question. Um, will that cause a, a huge increase in the number of listings available for sale? Again, I can't answer that question. The hardest thing about this proposed legislative change is that the Queensland Government have not released any data to back their decisions. So no one is really privy to the number of people that will be impacted or the number of properties that could potentially then uh, be impacted. What I will say, is this, if you are already a property investor here in Queensland, um, and this does not impact you, um, then, you know, rents are likely to soar if this legislative change does come into effect, and therefore your return on investment will actually escalate as um, a property investor. The other thing that I will say is that if you intend to purchase an investment property in Queensland, these legislative changes can be uh, prevented, so you can put yourself in a position where you're not going to be impacted, regardless of what uh, whether the change comes into effect or not. And that comes down to getting good advice around structure upfront before you buy it. Something we've always recommended our clients do anyway, um, but it's definitely um, something that we're encouraging everybody to have a discussion with a licensed tax agent or your accountant around the structure, um, how to structure the investment purchase, because. Every separate entity has a new land tax uh, threshold in any state or territory. So get advice around that before you buy, uh, because there's ways to avoid being exposed to it.
1: Well, there you go, Aaron. Hopefully that's a similar answer to what I gave you um, when we spoke on the phone. But um, it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. Um, So keep an eye on that, because there is, as Melinda said, there's a lot of lobbying happening. um, And there's a lot of people that are actually against this. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, I think there'll be more discussions around the table on this one in the future as well, um, and I wouldn't be surprised if there uh, if there is changes at all. So there's a lot of people looking at that as well. Um, a couple of quick ones before we do finish off. Um, I've, a couple of questions I do get from people, um, and this is generally, not, not just specific people that have, have written here is um, getting trades, um, people looking to buy renovators, re- looking to build, things like that. A big question we do get a lot of the time is can you actually get trades to do the work? Um, I guess my quick my quick answer to that is there is a shortage. Um, trades are busy. Um, if you've got the contacts, yeah, you can get them. Um, <laughs> we've got some good contacts and we do get trades to do work for our clients. Um, it's having the contacts, it's giving them notice, knowing what you actually want done. Depending on what you want done, that will change the circumstances as well. But there's definitely a shortage of trades um, and thats I can't see that changing for a while either.
0: And I think that's actually been reflected in lower demand for properties that need a lot of work. Mm. We're definitely finding that that is the case. We talked about quality properties, Um, in very high demand and still, you know, attracting a lot of buyer interest. Um, That's especially properties that are move-in ready, completely ready to move in. An owner has nothing more to do or a a landlord has nothing more to do to rent that property. Uh, Properties that do need work, perhaps they need kitchens, bathrooms, floor sanding, replacement, carpet, those sorts of properties definitely are sitting on the market for longer as buyers are very uncertain about whether they can actually get the trades locked in, um, and also they're very uncertain about the costs associated with um, getting the, the construction completed because a lot of trades are actually charging much higher rates because they can. Um, so I think that, you know, it's it's a risk-reward scenario. Yes, you can buy cheaper, but you might get stung if you actually have to do the renovation. So um, it's knowing who you know um, and being, you know, I guess, introduced to the right trade so that you're going to be looked after, provided... Um, a competitive price, get the work done on time so that you can then move in or, or have a tenant move in very quickly.
1: And, and that's exactly one other thing, what you just said there is the getting it done on time. It's not so much the as when you mentioned about the cost and the blowout of costs and things like that, but it's the holding costs. Mm. If you can't get the trades and it sits there or vacant for another month, um, it's that extra holding costs that you've got um, that are going to... Um, you know, it's going to have an impact on you as well. So you need to think ahead. You need to have people in, in your team that know people, um, that have the contacts that can actually do that work, if, if that is the type of strategy you're looking um, and you're looking down that path to do some improvements renovation or manufacturing some sort of equity in the property. I
0: think that, um, you know, we've covered a lot of... Um good questions and we do apologize to those that may have sent questions in in the last few months that we haven't actually um read your questions out um some questions that we get are very specific to an individual's portfolio so we don't generally share those sorts of questions but if you do have any general questions around the market um we're more than happy to answer your questions on another Q&A session, which we will run in the months ahead. Um, So feel free to send them through to us. Um, You can email directly info at streamlineproperty.com.au. Our team will collect those questions and uh, we will gather them together for a new episode in the future.
1: Excellent. Well, everyone, thank you very much for listening. Hopefully that's helped out with a few uh, little tips and uh, answers for some questions. Um, Thank you for the people that have sent the questions in and the listeners and um, we will um, keep those coming. We've got some more guests coming in the future and we'll, and we'll wrap it up as we normally do. I'll let Melinda finish things off and we'll talk again soon. Um, talk next week. Thanks very much for listening. Bye for now.
0: We hope you do enjoy what is left of your public holiday if you are listening to this um, on the, the holiday that has been... Uh, put in place for the the passing of our queen as always if you do enjoy the content that we share please don't forget to leave a rating and a review on itunes and don't forget to share our podcast episodes with your friends and family Uh, we do put a lot of time into preparing the content so we very much appreciate when that content is shared with others until next week we hope you enjoy the rest of your afternoon and we will be in touch again soon bye for now